From Georgia Public Broadcasting, this is Battleground Ballot Box. I'm Stephen Fowler. Democrats in Georgia see their power on the rise after narrowly flipping its presidential votes and both U.S. Senate seats in the last two years. But success at the state level has not yet materialized, and the 2022 midterms are proving to be a challenge. Georgia is a battleground state. We need Georgia wins to keep the Democratic majority in the House and the Senate in Washington. We must elect Democrats up and down the ballot and on the state level. After losing by about 55,000 votes, Stacey Abrams leads one of the most diverse slates of candidates in the state's history and seeks to change the balance of power by beating incumbent Governor Brian Kemp. Because no matter who we are and where we come from, we all deserve to live in a Georgia, one Georgia, where all of our children learn the truth of our past so they can build a better future. Over the weekend, hundreds of Democrats descended upon Columbus for their state convention as the party faithful rallied alongside politicians to see if this is the year they can turn Georgia blue. This week, we look at Georgia Democrats' vision for November and beyond. In a packed convention hall in Columbus, a sea of blue and a Gwinnett County woman in a donkey costume filled the room as the 2022 Democratic Party of Georgia convention got underway. Hello, it's Congressman Sanford Bishop from the 2nd Congressional District of Georgia serving Middle and Southwest Georgia in Washington. I am thrilled to welcome Democrats from across the state to the Democratic Party of Georgia State Convention, True Blue 22, right here in the great city of Columbus, Georgia. I can't wait to meet and greet Democrats from all across Georgia working to ensure our state stays blue in 2022. There's reasons for the party to be hopeful. Stacey Abrams, who got within 55,000 votes of becoming the country's first black female governor in 2018, is staging a rematch against incumbent Governor Kemp. And Georgia has two Democrats in the Senate, and President Biden had a historical win here in 2020. With that, the state's profile is growing. The wins were fueled by grassroots organizers, a diverse coalition of voters across the state, and massive get-out-the-vote efforts and high-profile campaign visits, resulting in a record number of Georgians participating in the presidential race and electing a Democrat for the first time in about three decades, then following it up with flipping both U.S. Senate seats in January 2021 runoffs. A lot has happened over the last four years. Y'all, we made history in 2020 and 2021. And with your help, we're going to do it again. We find ourselves in yet another historic election season that will determine the trajectory of not just our state, y'all, but our country. So at the state party convention, leaders like Representative Nakima Williams sounded cautiously optimistic about what the midterms could bring. Today's convention is when we officially kick things into high gear in the final home stretch of the campaign. It's a time for us to celebrate our accomplishments, celebrate our values, celebrate our vision for Georgia, and celebrate what we all know to be true. Georgia is a blue state. While recent history may be in the party's favor, midterms are typically a referendum on the party in power nationally, and the present state of the U.S. economy and other issues are putting some Democrats on the defensive. 
One of those you might not expect is Congressman Sanford Bishop, who served Southwest Georgia for decades in the U.S. House. He's not faced a serious challenger or come close to losing in many years, but recent redistricting made his seat slightly less favorable. Some election forecasters have predicted it as a toss-up, and it's the only one of Georgia's 14 House seats that could remotely be competitive. He's a moderate Democrat with bipartisan appeal. Well, it's, it's very awesome, uh, and it also um, puts me in a very, very uh, interesting uh, but delicate position. I have to try to balance the issues and the needs of the state at large uh, against the, the, the needs of my particular district. Uh, politics in Georgia has become very polarized and uh, there are homogeneous types of groups uh, of districts uh, in various parts of Georgia. The Atlanta metro area is much more liberal uh, and has a different perspective in viewing some of the issues than the rural uh, parts of Georgia. Uh, my district is uh, half rural and half urban, uh, so I have to be sensitive to both of those, uh, uh, those constituencies. And so I have to pay much closer attention than many of my colleagues uh, in the Democrat side and on the Republican side. The convention in Columbus is in Bishop's district, and he took the opportunity to hype the crowd up with a list of accomplishments that Democratic-controlled Washington has done since 2021. Over the last 20 months, the Democrat majority in Congress delivered the CARES Act with testing and treatment and food boxes and checks and help for small businesses and impacted industries. We delivered vaccines and shots in the arms, uh, help for states and hospitals and health clinics, large investments, the largest investments in roads and bridges and internet, airports and water and wastewater systems, and a generation relief to our state, our counties, our cities, large and small, everywhere in this country, our school districts, our colleges, our universities, to recover and to build for the future. We are delivering the CHIPS and the Science Act to secure our supply chain, our innovations and research so that we can make it in America and not be dependent on foreign countries. And because of the current nature of national politics, Bishop said the stakes for 2022 are even higher. Georgia is a battleground state. We need Georgia wins to keep the Democratic majority in the House and the Senate in Washington. We must elect Democrats up and down the ballot. And on the state level, we have got to keep Democrats elected, and we've got to make sure that Georgia is true blue in 22. <laughs> we have got to elect this incredible slate of Democrats in Georgia. Coming up, we'll hear from some of the state and federal candidates aiming to get your vote. We'll be right back after this short break. This is Battleground Ballot Box. I'm Stephen Fowler, and we're talking about the 2022 Democratic Party of Georgia Convention and the candidates running for office this fall. One of the most watched races in the country is the U.S. Senate race between Senator Raphael Warnock and Herschel Walker. The race is tight, according to polls, attracting a ton of fundraising and could once again be a deciding factor in control of Congress. 
Warnock took to the stage in Columbus, touting his work on healthcare after being introduced by Sandra Ellison, a senior citizen who needs insulin. And like over one million other Georgians, I rely on insulin every day. For too long, too many Georgians that are dependent on insulin have struggled to afford the life-saving medicine. Even with Medicare, high prescription drug costs mean making difficult choices between our medication, our household expenses such as groceries, gas, and paying rent. But Raphael Warnock not only recognized this issue, he did something about it. In the so-called Inflation Reduction Act that recently passed, Warnock was able to include a provision that caps the cost of insulin for seniors on Medicare, though a similar bill to expand those caps for the rest of people did not. Sandra, who is a diabetic, depends on insulin, reminds me why I tolerate politics in order to do good work for ordinary people. I mean, who would dare block providing insulin for people who need insulin? Who does that? Who, who does that? And I'm sorry, but I'm a pastor. Where do they go to church? A lot of them do. No, they do. Warnock is largely running his race on more bipartisan accomplishments in his short tenure in office and avoiding some of the baggage that comes with President Joe Biden's unpopularity. And then I want to say that I will work with anybody if it helps me to get work done for Georgia. I even worked with Ted Cruz to get something done. I did. Uh, hear me out. I know y'all. Please, hear, hear me out. He was just trying to get an interstate built out in Texas called I-14. Well, the same interstate that would run through Texas, I-14, would also run through Georgia. So I hooked up with Ted Cruz for 15 minutes to get that done. I worked with the Republican senator from Alabama to help our farmers get their goods to market and a Republican senator from Indiana to improve rail crossing safety in rural communities. I will work with anybody if it helps me to get something done that's good for Georgia. And still there is more work for us to do. The other major race this fall is the governor's race between Stacey Abrams and Brian Kemp, the 2018 rematch that we have discussed in depth before on this podcast. Abrams is the underdog and the leader of Democrats' efforts to transform Georgia. Standing with me is the most extraordinary ticket Georgia has ever produced. It looks like Georgia. It sounds like Georgia. It knows Georgia. Together, we represent immigrants and those who have been here for generations. We have folks who moved here from across the South and folks who moved here from across the country. We understand the needs of our people because we live those lives every day. She's made Medicaid expansion a central focus of her campaign and spoke recently about an economic plan that includes expanding college educational access and funding it by allowing casino gambling. We can do this and so much more without raising a dime in taxes. We simply have to raise our expectations of our leaders. Georgia stands at a generational moment. 
And in this moment, we have a $5 billion surplus, monies that can be invested in our future or hoarded for those who already have too much. We have an opportunity to deploy our resources to fix the roof and fix the plumbing instead of patching up the holes and bailing out the basement. We have the right as Georgians to not only believe in ourselves, but to have government that believes in us. Because government is a tool, not a weapon. And too often with this administration and the ones that preceded it, they have wielded their power against the people. The rest of the slate comes from diverse backgrounds and have many strengths that tie into key issues locally and nationally, from Secretary of State nominee B. Wynn and voting rights. I'm running to ensure that every eligible Georgian has access to the ballot box and has access to the ballot box without barriers, to elect the representatives of their choice, to elect leaders that represent the values of Georgians and the diversity of our state. When we bring Georgians together from every corner of our state, and we come together based on the shared values of democracy, of economic prosperity for everybody, and justice for all, we win. To Attorney General nominee Jen Jordan with abortion and gun rights. I mean, we have an Attorney General right now who has worked harder to, to make sure that women, women couldn't make the most personal decisions of their lives. He's worked harder at trying to get abortions banned in this state than he has to actually take illegal guns out of the hands of criminals. Think about that. It's about taking away rights as opposed to protecting people. We have got to have a change. So not only do we look diverse, listen, we sound diverse, and we are from different areas, but I can tell you the one thing that we all have in common is that we are all gonna put the people of this state as the priority. This is arguably the most competitive slate of Democratic candidates the party has seen for years in Georgia, but not everyone with money and a message is destined to win. Take Marcus Flowers running in Georgia's 14th congressional district against Republican Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene. Proud Army veteran and Democratic nominee for the 14th Congressional District who is going to unseat Marjorie Taylor Greene. That's right. He's not going to unseat her in a district that's overwhelmingly Republican, no matter how convincing he is to Democratic voters and donors. And I've seen the damage done by extremism, by radicalization and by misinformation. And I cannot simply stand by and let it happen here. This is not about politics for me. It's about right and wrong. It's about preserving our democracy for future generations. And Flowers' money has been largely spent on consultants and ads instead of grassroots mobilization to squeeze out every blue vote in a sea of red. But every little bit will count for statewide races like Warnock and Abrams face. So even though most of the candidates that spoke at the Democratic State Convention aren't likely to win in November, there's still the bigger picture and longer term to consider. For starters, the 2024 presidential election. Georgia Democrats have made their pitch to the Democratic National Committee the state should be one of the early presidential primary states, and Atlanta is one of a few finalist cities to host the DNC convention. Um, as the 61st mayor of the great, the great, great city of Atlanta, uh, where we will host the 2024 Democratic National Convention. Y'all hear me? 
Y'all heard that, right? We pushing, y'all. We're pushing. We're pushing. We're applying pressure, as they say. We're going to make sure that we get that convention here in Georgia. Um, a few weeks ago, I joined uh, Nakima Williams and other leaders, including Jermaine Dupree. He says he's the mayor, too, so we got to go with that. Um, uh, to show the DNC how we do things in the A, uh, the ATL, and let's just say I like our odds going into this. I'm hoping that we bring the Democratic National Convention to Georgia, y'all. Those decisions likely won't be made before the midterms. Current polling shows Senator Warnock slightly ahead of Walker and Abrams within striking distance of Kemp, increasing the possibility that one or both of those races could head to December runoffs. Battleground Ballot Box from Georgia Public Broadcasting is produced by me, Stephen Fowler. Our editor is Josephine Bennett, our engineer is Jake Cook, and Jesse Neiswanger wrote our theme music. You can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or anywhere you get podcasts. Thanks for listening. <laughs>